to see everybody out this morning. Uh, still got quite a few on vacation, but uh, as all of us need to time off sometime, don't we? So uh, we're going to start the service off. Brother Barry is going to lead us in prayer, and then we'll get started. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, again, that we can come to your house, Lord, to worship you, Father. I pray, Lord, that you just be with the preacher today, Lord, as he comes to bring the message, Father, that it you have for us. And, Lord, I pray you be with the choir as we sing, Lord. Be with those, Lord, in the church that are on vacations or that are sick. Father, I pray that you'd, you'd just be with each one of them as they're out. Father, we just pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. You will. Let's all stand. Page 317. Page 116.
ready to pray for the choir if we sing.
got something to be thankful about. About Wednesday morning, 10 o'clock, I got up. Somebody came up to me at work and said, you got to call home. Not good. Call home now. Of course, my heart hit my feet. I didn't, didn't know what to think. I called home, talked to Lynn. Lynn said, I'm headed to the, I'm going to the mercy room. For my wife to say she's going to the mercy room, something is wrong. And got to the mercy room and I waited on them to get there. Trying to let you know how thankful I am. She gets out of the car and smiles at me. One side of her mouth went up, the other side stayed low. And I thought, stroke immediately. I wasn't going to let her know I saw that. I wasn't going to let her know I thought that. But stroke was almost intimate. It, it was almost 100% to me. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't fix this. The only person I know could fix it was God. And I wasn't in the mood right then to talk to him. I don't know why. I just wasn't. Just being transparent. We made it into the emergency room. We got the things done. Everything worked like clockwork. We really had a good experience at Northeast Georgia where we didn't before. Everything worked the way it should. We went in. We went right back. They started checking her out. MRIs, uh, EKGs. All these studies that, that deal with the brain, each person that came in was asking to raise this hand and that end, this eyebrow and that eye, open, you know, blow, blow out of each side of your mouth. All these things pointed okay, except for when you got up in this area. I was scared to death. My daughter came up, relieved me so I could go home, take a shower, and come back. And when I got home, I walked in the bathroom and I said, Lord, what would I do without her? That's my best friend. That's the one that knows me better than anybody else on this earth. What would I do without her? Then prayer got real. Prayer got real for me. The other things are real too, but when in those times where you got to get a hold of God, I got real. God got real with me. We got back. They, I got back. They had sent us down to us an emergency uh, observation in the bottom of the hospital. Nice facility. Everybody was super nice, encouraging us and everything else. The tests were coming back, and the only test that was left was the hardest test to pass. Would tell you whether you had a stroke or anything else, and. Uh, she said, there's no way for us to get this back before in the morning when they get here. And then it may be afternoon. Somebody read it at midnight. We have no idea. The doctor didn't even know who read it. But they read it, said everything was clear. It's something called Bell's palsy. It's a viral infection that we can treat with antibiotics and steroids. And this will go away. That's my miracle, Clay. To me, it was intimate. This was permanent. And God fixed it not the doctors they were checking God fixed it and for me that is something to be thankful about I should be running the aisles right now letting God know how much I appreciate it my best friend in this earth is okay 
because of him. I've got something to be thankful for this morning. So how about y'all doing another verse of that, please? I'm thankful.
Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. You know, we went out and ate Friday night with uh, Eddie and Debbie. They was talking about what happened to their grandkids when she was very young. And uh, can't remember how old you said it was. But, uh, but anyhow, we was talking about how thankful we was that the Lord helped her survive that. And you just don't know what people's gone through and right. what the Lord's brought them through. Right. I couldn't think of another song better to end this part of the service with than thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. As the world looks upon me as I struggle There's a room.
Everybody, how's everybody doing? Good. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate your testimony, Brother Ron. Um, I tell you, if you say through Jesus Christ, you got so much to be thankful for. Um, sometimes we forget that. I forget that too much. But Brother Ron, uh, the testimonies that, like that, the songs that we've just sung, it reminds us of what we have to be thankful for. And yeah, just, we've got to remember that. Yeah. Just a few announcements. Uh, homecoming. We've got Gold City coming July 9th. Uh, so please uh, be here for that. It says uh, bring food and drink. So we're going to have a eating meeting afterwards. So uh, make sure we bring enough food for everybody and uh, let's have a good time. July 22nd. Yes, yes sir. Ten thirty. Brother? 10.30? Okay. Well, we can change that. 10.30? All right. Start 10.30 then. Awesome. Uh, July the 22nd, we've got a back-to-school bash for Crusaders for Christ. Please be here for that. Uh, we're going to have a good time. We're, we're going to try to build it up. We're going to try to advertise as much as we can. Uh, we're going to get some uh, kids in here, show them a good time, show them the love of Christ. And uh, let's uh, start the new year right. 
Uh, July the 23rd, Mackenzie Woods Baby Shower. Going to be a boy, so please be prepared for that. Uh, let's see, yearly officers meeting is on August the 2nd. Uh, so we'll be here for that. Let uh, Brother Terry and myself know if you wish to, uh, if you wish to give up an office or you wish to, uh, to, to be a candidate for one, please let us know. Uh, so it's August the, 20th, uh, the 2nd. And got a sign-up sheet out there. Actually got several sign-up sheets out there. Uh, the one that I've got out there is for uh, some teachers, some volunteers. Uh, for this coming Crusaders for Christ. We start back up again. So if you haven't signed, if you want to do that, please uh, pray about it and sign. We can use your help and uh, we'll definitely put you to work. Uh, and beside it is also working for the, uh, the bash on the 22nd. Uh, one last announcement here. Uh, for all the ladies, please meet with uh, Teresa in the fellowship hall right after service. That's for all the ladies. All right. Thank you very much.
Brother Randall, come on up. Good to have you. And good to be here. God bless you. Thank you so much. John 8.32 tells us, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glad I know the truth this morning. Good to see you, Brother Warren. Glad I know the truth this morning. Amen. Glad I know that I'm free, and I'm free indeed. Blessed be God. Man, what great singing. Man, I appreciate the Spirit of the Lord this morning. Certainly good to be here at Marble Baptist Church. And I, I know several folks that are here. I see y'all in meetings and things of that nature. And uh, it's certainly good to be here at Maryville this morning. Uh, if you would, stand with me. Joshua chapter number 1. I want to get right into the message. The Lord has really been speaking to my heart in these days. And I believe if there's one thing that we need, in a day of misdirection, I'm glad I got a Bible. Amen. 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 It, gave you, it gives us insight. It gives us a challenge. It gives us comfort. It uh, convicts us, but I'm glad that uh, when I need direction, I can always crack open my King James Bible. I can read therein and find delight for my soul. I can find direction for my path. Oh, we can look inside Psalm 119 and find that it is a, a light into our path. Amen, a lamp into our feet. And I'm thankful that uh, when we need direction and we need discernment, We've got a Bible this morning. Praise be God. Amen. Joshua chapter number one, I want to say while y'all are there, it's good to have my family with me this morning. I appreciate the invitation to be here as well. Brother Ron, thank you so much. Brother Terry, I've been praying for Murrable in these days. And I know that uh, you're probably in a place where y'all are seeking discernment, seeking direction. Amen. I'm glad his word's not changed. His will is still the same. And let me tell you this morning, he's got a word for you this morning. And I'm thankful for it this morning. If you found your place, say amen. amen. All right, Joshua chapter number one. Look at your Bible. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, Thou and all this people, under the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. I like verse 5. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. 
Verse number 8, the Bible says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. And I like verse number 9. It says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow here before you this morning, we're so thankful for this place on the side of Hubert Stevens Road. God, that shined its beacon of light, Lord, in these days. Lord, I ask you, Lord, today, Lord, to give them the words, God, that you'd have for them to hear. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you hide me behind the cross. Lord, as the preacher Tommy Steele says, I know that I'm nothing. That I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody about, about that somebody who will save anybody. And Lord, I sure do thank you, Lord, that I can still go free this morning. I'm still thankful, Lord, that there's a word in this day and hour. There's a generation that has a word because you've not changed. Lord, I'm sure grateful, Lord, for this opportunity that's mine. God, to share that that you've shared in my heart. Help us now in this day. Go before us and go with us. And we'll thank you for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. This morning as I look at the book of Joshua, I like how it starts out, Brother Ron. I like how the book starts out. It says, now. Now. That tells us of what we're to do currently. Now. Amen. Now, I, I like how it starts. And, the, and I'm reminded that, the, that this text quickly provides us a reflection of remembrance. If we look at the text, it says, Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. So it gives us a reflection of remembrance about the man by the name of Moses, who was God's man. Somebody say amen. It gives us a reflection of remembrance, but then it fast forwards to provide us a reminder of responsibility. He says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. But then he says, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. So I'm reminded as we see in just this first verse of scripture, we see three things. We find the death. We see both the description of Moses and the description of Joshua. Look at your Bible, if you would, please. The Bible says that, uh, that the Moses was the servant of the Lord. But then it says that Joshua, the son of Nun, was Moses' minister. And so we see the description, but we also see a declaration. It said, the Lord spake unto Joshua. Amen. I don't know about you, but it was a good day in my life when I heard him for the first time, Brother Warren. When he spoke to my heart and he stirred my soul. And he reminded me that I was lost and undone without God or his son. That he reminded me of my need for salvation and my need for a savior. And that it was all provided 2,000 years ago if I would simply trust and believe it. Man, I tell you what, I'm thankful for the word this morning. The Bible says the Lord spake, praise God for the day that he spoke to me. I say praise God that he, the day that he spoke to you for the first time. Can you remember the day that he spoke to you for the first time? 
That, 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 that your heart was uneasy. That you fell under condemnation of your sin. That you were convinced that you were dying and lost without God. I mean, I remember that day, August 17th. Well, I'll be honest with you, it was August 15th, 1988 in my life. It was a Monday night. Dorothy Robinson, most of y'all know her. Sister Dorothy Robinson was a real Christian. And she actually invited my mama to come to an August revival meeting at Harmony Street Baptist Church. As a 12-year-old boy, I had been in church. But for the first time, I had been in church, if y'all know what I mean. There's a big difference in going to church and being in church. And that August revival meeting, man, the Lord started dealing with my heart on August 15th, that Monday night of revival. And I told my mama, I begged my mama, I don't want to go back to that crazy place. There are people running around, acting crazy. You know, they're shouting. Bobby pins falling out of their hair. The women about to lose their teeth. They're shouting. And I'm like, man, I've never experienced anything like that. And mom, I do not want to go back to a place like that. But it wasn't the folks that had me troubled. It was the man of God and the spirit of God that had my heart troubled that day. But I left there lost, Brother Ron, on Monday. And then on Tuesday, mom said, nope. It ain't for you to decide we're going back. I believe that the Spirit of God probably revealed to her that week that the Lord's dealing with Randall. You need to make sure you keep him under the gospel plow. Amen. And so Tuesday, I rejected it. And I left there lost again on Tuesday night. But I told the Lord that night, as a 12-year-old boy, I had to go to school. And I remember catching the bus. And I couldn't eat. And I couldn't drink. And I couldn't think about anything about... The fact that I was lost. And as I got on that school bus, normally I'm the talkative one. It doesn't take you long if you know me that I'm a socialite, amen. But I wasn't talking and everybody was on the bus and what's going on? What's wrong with you all? I, you know, I'm, I'm, that's not feeling well. So I rode the bus and went to school, but man, it was on me. It was like a heavy blanket of conviction that was wrapped around my soul. And I was miserable all day long. Couldn't smile. Couldn't think about anything but the fact that I was lost. And that day, on a Tuesday, I begged God. I said, Lord, if you'll just get me back under that conviction again. Lord, if you'll get me back under that opportunity to come forward and accept you, I promise you, I'll do it. And Wednesday night we went. Man, I was excited to go. And I was like, man, tonight's going to be my night. Bless God, I'm going to get this off of me. And of course, there it went again. Spirit of God fell. And on Wednesday, the Lord, we stood up for invitation. And of course, I'm giving him every excuse in the book. I'm holding on to that pew and I'm giving him every excuse in the book. Not for me to go. I'm like, why? Well, no, no, no. Maybe I'm just not feeling well. Something's just not right. And the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart and said, this will be the last time. This will be the last time. If you don't let go. And give it to me. So I was out there where my mom was. And I just let go. I stepped out. And I'll be honest with you brother Ron. I don't know exactly what I said. But I know exactly who I said it to. Amen. I know exactly who I said it to. And right there I repented of my sins. About right around in here. I repented of my sins on the right side. Of an old uh, old fashioned altar. Gave my heart to Christ. Never been the same. Amen. And he's been with me. Ever since. Praise be unto God. But I'm thankful for the time that he spoke to my heart for the first time. And here he's speaking to this man by the name of Joshua. 
But we look in verse number 2, as we see, the Bible says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And then he says, watch the next word, now. Like in other words, my, the man is dead, but now, what he, here's direction. The, he, the, the, the man's missing, but what are we going to do now? I've got a word to tell you what we're going to do now. With the Lord being my helper this morning, I want to preach on this thought. The memorial of the missing man. The memorial of the missing man. Look in your Bible. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Verse 2, Bible says, Moses, my servant is dead. But I'm thankful for that next word. That he doesn't leave it alone right there. He says, now. He says, now. By way of introduction, I want to remind ourselves this morning about this great man of God in whom the Lord called him the servant of the Lord. I find in verse 1 it said that he was the servant of the Lord, but then he graduated, notice in verse number 2, to my servant. All in one verse. He went from being a, a, a servant to being my servant. He graduated from being a public servant to being a private personal servant. Moses, no doubt, was destined. The name Moses means to be drawn out. Everybody knows the story. If you've been in church any length of time, how he was drawn out. That's what Moses means. He was destined. He was drawn out. He was devoted, and he ultimately became God's deliverer. He was God's leader of his people. And may I submit this morning that true leaders don't create... True leaders create... They don't create followers, they create more leaders. Let me say that again. True leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. Such is the case with this man of God named Moses. You can never learn to lead until you first learn to serve. Somebody say amen. You can't learn to lead until you first learn to serve. Let me say this, that folks really don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. Right? They don't care how much you know. You can be educated. You can have a doctorate. You can have all of these. Uh, you can have all these memory verses of scripture memorized. But they are not too concerned about how much you know. Until they know how much you care. And you've got to learn to serve before you're allowed to lead. The greatest example in our Bibles we find is the Son of God Himself. Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. Mark said this, Even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. John three seventeen tells us, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And Jesus Himself from His lips, He said this in John 10 and 10, He said, I am come that they might have life. And that they, have, that they might have it more abundantly. If we look at the life of Moses, Moses had to learn to follow before he was allowed to lead. You don't have to look far. You don't have to read far to know that Moses was without a doubt God's choice man. We know that Moses without a doubt was a great leader. But notice the text doesn't call him a great leader. He said he was the servant of the Lord. 
Then it calls him in verse 2, he was my servant. See, to be a great leader, you've got to learn to be a great servant first. Amen? We ought to learn that. But God poured into Moses and chose him to write under divine inspiration, the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of your Bible. He chose him to meditate his covenant with his people and allowed him to bring them to the brink of the promised land and out of Egypt. Moses, we know, was a great leader. We know that Moses was a man of God that had gotten God's people this far. But somebody help me this morning and tell me what book we're in this morning. We're in the book of Joshua. Now, and it starts with now. Moses was a great man. He was a great leader. He was God's man. He was God's choice man. But now, what are we going to do? Now, Joshua, as we look inside the life of Moses, we find multiple attributes. We find that he, Moses was ordained. We find that he was ordered. We find that no doubt he was obedient. Moses, if we look in his life, we find that he was a great delegator. That he was devoted to the people. And that he fully devoted to the purpose God had provided. Without a doubt, he was God's man. But something else I want us to notice about Moses was not only was he God's man, but as we read and we glean from the life of Moses, we find that he was a human too. He wasn't perfect. If we dig and examine, we would see failures. We will see fatalities. We would see fallacies. And like all of us, we would find a fallen nature. But we would also conclude that the Old Testament mentions him over 700 times. And he was not only God's prophet, but also arguably one, if not the greatest of all the prophets. He was the only one who regularly met with God face to face. And at the end of the Pentateuch, as we look at the, uh, Deuter the end of Deuteronomy, the Bible says that there's no other prophets came even close to the legacy of Moses. If you would, flip back with me one page. Deuteronomy. I want to show you something. Deuteronomy 34. Look at verse number 5. Notice what it says in verse number 5. It says, Moses, here we go again. The servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab. Now that's a whole other message. But it said that he was the servant of the Lord. He died there in the land of Moab according to... To the word of the Lord. So Moses has died in verse number 5. No doubt we can see that. But let's look at verse number 10. Bible says, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to do all his land, and in all that mighty hand, and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. We can conclude by reading these texts that verse 10, 11, and 12 was obviously not written by Moses. Because in verse number 5, the Bible says that he had died. So this was written by Joshua. And he wrote this about his man of God under divine inspiration. But watch what happens in verse number 8. 
Verse number 8, the Bible says, And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were what? Ended. So we find in verse 8 that the children of Israel suffered great loss because of the man missing by the name of Moses. God's people had to come to the conclusion of a great legacy. The Bible says that they wept 30 days. And, but there came a day when the weeping and the mourning were to be ended. Now look in verse number 9. The Bible says, and Joshua. Here Joshua, God's man, comes upon the scene. And it says, and Joshua, notice what it says about Joshua. The son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. And I like this part. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him. And here's the key. And did as the Lord commanded Moses. He didn't come in with his own ideas. He didn't come in with his own ideology. He didn't come in with a bunch of changes. He didn't come in with a bunch of challenges to the church. He just did what God commanded Moses to do. Amen. We're getting somewhere here this morning. I feel, I feel my pre the preaching starting, starting to bubble in me here this morning. So what you're saying, preacher, though the people were mourning and Moses was missing, God was not missing. And God was not done with his people. Though Moses was gone, God didn't stop being good. Amen. While the people wept in the plains of Moab, God's plans had not changed. Oh, may I say this morning, God's purpose had not concluded. Though God's people were discouraged, God's word was not diminished. Hey, though God's people were without direction, God's will had not dissolved. They were left on the brink of the promised land. But let me say this morning that there was good news. God still had a promise God still had a plan, and God still had the perfect person. May I say this morning, Murrable Baptist Church, respectfully and as reverently as I can say, though your Moses is missing, that doesn't change the message. Though your Moses is missing, that doesn't change your marching orders. The fact is that God's got a word, God's got a plan, and I'll say good news, God has a man for you. Amen. And he's got a man that's going to get you off the brink and into the land of blessing. He's got a man that's going to get you to the milk and honey. That milk and honey represents blessing and abundance. Let me say this this morning. You can't always trace the hand of God, but you can always trust the hand of God. I like, go back with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse number 3. Notice what your Bible says. It said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, as I said unto Moses, God plans on doing it again. God plans on doing it again. We sang that song, he'll do it again, he'll do it again. And God plans on doing it again. And he says to this great man of character, to the, what the Bible calls him a servant, 
calls him a minister, called him that he was full of spirit and of wisdom. God's going to make him mighty and use him to go and do and arise and go. Notice what he told him to do. He said, now, therefore, arise and go. God says, hey, it's going to require action on your part, young man. It's going to require something of you. There's going to be a sacrifice that you're going to have to make. And as I read through the verse nine, these nine pieces of Scripture, there's no doubt that we find that God would kept trying to remind him, I'm with you, son. I'm with you, son. Don't you know that the battle is mine? Don't you know I'm the one in whom you need? I'm the one in whom you dwell. I'm the one in whom you desire. I am the one. And he kept saying, you just need to be strong and of a good courage. Kept reminding him that. He said, because I had not changed. My word has not changed. His will has not changed. Amen? And his way hadn't changed. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way you're going to make it to heaven this morning is through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? But God's going to make Him mighty. And He's going to allow Him to do greater things than they had ever done. And I want to say thank God for a Joshua who was listening. Because we're living in a day where nobody wants to listen anymore. They're always wanting to talk. They want to give you their opinion. They want to give you their private interpretation. But thank God for a man that was willing to listen. Not only listen, but he was learning. Not only learning, but he was leaning long before God called him to lead. Mm. Thank God for a man willing to serve, willing to minister to his man of God. And now it's his turn, and the Lord is speaking to him and through him. And the Lord's first word is this, now. Now that my man is missing, I'm giving you the marching orders. Had you not noticed the whole time Joshua was just performing as a servant? The whole time that Joshua was just doing what God called him to do, serving God's man, the whole time, whether Joshua recognized it or not, God was preparing him to be a soldier. All because he had a heart of servitude. And I also want you to notice this too. God didn't call him until the need arised. Let me say this about being a servant and being a soldier. We no doubt need men that are full of the faith. We're living in a wicked day. We're living in a wicked hour. Even God's people have gotten distant on God. We're living in a dark day. A day of wickedness and perversion like we've never seen. And we need a man that's full of faith. But we also need a man that's willing to fight. If you see anything about the life of Joshua, he wasn't effeminate. He wasn't effeminate at all. He was a man full of wisdom. He was a man full of faith. But he was willing to fight for what God told him to do. And let me say, we're living in a day where they don't want you to fight. We're living in a day where they don't want you to say anything. 
They really don't want you to do anything. But notice what God's command was. He said, get up from where you're at. He said, you need to arise and you need to go. And you need to say something. You need to speak into the people. You need to say something. And I am with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I find that when the man of God was missing is when he gave Joshua the assignment. But I want you to also notice, as he gave Joshua the assignment according to my Bible, he didn't tell him to go in a different direction. He didn't say start singing different kind of music. He didn't say don't start wearing different kind of clothes. He didn't tell him to, 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 to go in an opposite direction and change everything that you've ever known. He said, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. He said, we're going in the same place that I told Moses we were going to. And he said, I'm going to allow you to take them there. We're going in the same direction. And let me say this morning, as for me and my house, we're not changing. Our standards aren't changing. Our stance isn't changing. Our scriptures aren't, aren't changing. Our songs are not changing. The sanctuary, the place where we'll meet with God is not changing. We're not dimming the lights. We're not cutting on the smoke machines. We're not doing none of that. We're not changing. We're going in the same direction that God told Moses to go. Amen? We're not changing. He'll do it again. But we've got to do it His way, church. We've got to do it His way. Let me say leadership is strengthened by the acts of obedience. Leadership is not a position it's a verb. So, well, it's been a while, preacher, since I've been in school. What's a verb? It describes an action. So what is leadership? Action. Now, he says this in verse 2. Now the day has come that God has taken the mantle of leadership off of his servant and firmly placed it on the next generation. This man by the name of Joshua. Many would conclude, and I would as well, to say, Joshua, those are mighty big shoes to fill, son. Mighty big shoes to fill. Moses was God's man. Moses was God's leader. So how is Joshua going to fill his shoes? Hey, may I say the gap is much larger than the shoes is. It's not Joshua's job to fill the shoes. It's Joshua's job to fill the gap. There's another generation that needs God's direction. There's another generation on the brink that needs God's discernment. There's another generation that needs to know about God's design. Oh, how we need another generation that needs their own victories. Too many have seen the victories from mom and dad that do things because mom and dad do them. Do things because mom and dad make them do them. But we need a generation that will make up their mind that they're going forward for the glory of God. Hey, that they're living for God because God's real in their heart. That they're living for God because God can do it in their generation. Amen? Hey, he said, hey, born. They were born in the wilderness. But God wants to bring them in to Canaan. That land filled with milk and honey. He says, hey, you've been in the wilderness long enough. It's time to come out. Quickly, let me say this. In closing, I want to show you something. I want to look at these texts quickly. And I want to tell you what God gave Joshua 
exactly what he needed. Look at verse 1 with me. Now the death, after the death of Moses, servant of the Lord, it came to pass that Joshua spake unto Joshua. What did he give him, preacher? He gave him, number one, his word. That's, that's what we need. To find direction, to find discernment, to find delight, to keep on going, we need his word. Gave him his word. Look at number two. Gave him his will. He said, you need to get up and you need to go. You need to go over this Jordan. Gave him his will. He told him to rise and go. Verse number five, he gave him his witness. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. He says, I'm all you need. I'm all you need. I'm going to be with you. And I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Gave him his witness. But then in verse uh, 7, we find that he gave him a warning. Look at your Bibles. Only thou be thou strong and very courageous. That tells me that Joshua himself even felt like he couldn't take on the task. So God has to keep reminding him. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. But notice, here's the warning. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Turn not. That's a whole other message in itself too. Verse 8, it says, The book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Gave him his wisdom. Gave him his priority. Look, he said, the book of the law shall not. In other words, this is what you shouldn't do. And this is what you should do. But thou shalt meditate then day and night. He says, as long as you're eating that word, as long as you're consuming that word, as long as you're wanting to fellowship with me, you're going, you're going to gain wisdom. And you're going to gain spiritual power. And you're going to gain direction. You're going to gain discernment. I'm thankful for the word of God. Listen, church, when it comes to my Bible, when it comes to our Bibles, I believe we need to get adhered to it. I believe we all, the Bible says it's like honey from the honeycomb. It ought to be something that we can't shake off, Brother Terry. It ought to be on us. Everybody that comes around us that even comes in contact with us, they're like, man, something, something's different about him. I can't get away from him. He's got something about him. It's that honey. It's that honey. Amen. We, it, we ought to get adhered to it. We ought to cleave to it. Not only should we get adhered to it, but I believe we ought to get along with it. We ought to get along with it. The only time, if you, if the only time that you crack open your Bible is when you're here on Sunday, you're not right with God. You need to get along with it. Get along with God. And you need to get acquainted with it. David said that he hid, hid the word in his heart that he might not sin against God. You know that sin that doth easily beset us? If we get full of this word right here, we won't fall near as much. We'll hide that word in our heart. We won't fall near as much. Verse 8. Book of the law shall not, but thou shalt meditate therein, that thou mayest observe. See, you can't observe it until you meditate on it, until you know it. To do according to all, not just bits and pieces of it. People like to take little bits out. This, I like this, this applies to me, but this right here, it don't apply to me, you know. All that is written therein. And then notice what he says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. You want to make your way prosperous, child of God? Do what he says in verse 8. Pretty simple. That's what he told Joshua. And then he said, and then 
thou shalt have good success. We ought to adhere to it, get along with it. We ought to get acquainted with it. And then lastly, this morning, and I'm done. How was Joshua going to do it? Well, God would give him all that he needed. Gave him his word, gave him his will, gave him his witness, gave him a warning, gave him wisdom, gave him a way, gave him a walk. But I want us to notice lastly what he gave him in verse 9. He said, have not I commanded thee. He gave him his weapon. The main thing was him. He gave him him. May I say without him we will be fruitless. Without him we will be failures. Without him we will be fools. We nothing without Him, but with Him, we are everything. Let me say this, unless there is within us that which is above us, we will soon yield to that which is around us. Let me say that one more time so you can write it down. Unless there is within us that which is above us, we will soon yield to that which is around us. And let me say, church, we can have performance... But we need His presence. We can have teaching. But we need His touch. We can have all kinds of help. All kinds of singing groups. All kinds of preaching. All kinds of evangelists. All kinds of help. But ultimately we got to have Him. Joshua's secret weapon. Was he had Him. I like the grace of God in verse number 9. As he's giving him direction and give, telling him what he needed to do. He just reminds him in verse number 9. Don't forget, I've commanded you. Don't, 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 uh, don't forget that I'm with you. Look at the grace and guidance. He's reminding his man. Though your man is missing, I'm going to do it again. Though your man is missing, there's much more to do. Though your man is missing, there's farther to go. Let me say this morning, it's time to get off the brink and get into the blessing. If you would, come with a song. Just play softly. Thank you so much. Time to get off the brink and get into the land of blessing. But you know what it's going to take? The same thing that God told Moses, uh, told Joshua. He says, you need to arise and go. In other words, it's going to take action. You can't just be apathetic about it. You can't just sit back and expect for it to happen. It's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. And it's going to take action. See, the land of Canaan represents the victorious, spirit-filled Christian life. And it was in Canaan... Where the people of God operated in the power, in the presence, and in the provision of Almighty God. They were stuck in the wilderness. And God's man had got them to the brink. But now the man was missing. Now God spoke to Joshua. And he says, now, rise and go. I want to say the memorial of the missing man. Merville, though your man is missing, 
May I tell you this morning, He'll do it again. Though your man is missing, I want to say the message has not changed. The marching orders has not changed. And I want to encourage you to know that there's still milk ahead. Joshua had to respond to the now. Joshua had to respond to the rise and go. As we're standing over all over the house this morning. I want to ask you this morning. What are you going to do? Joshua said, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to wherever God wants us to go. We're going to do whatever God commands us to do. We had never read about the other chapters of this great man of Joshua. He would have never come. If he would have never decided and determined in his heart that he was going all the way for God. I want to ask you, do you believe he can? Better yet, do you believe he will? Do you desire his direction? Do you desire his presence? Do you desire his wisdom? But then you're going to have to act. You're going to have to come and say, Lord, I hear you this morning. Come and say, Lord, we need you to do it again. Are you ready to move from the brink to blessing? They're singing, you mind the Lord. Page 65. What you going to do this morning? It's time to rise and go, church. Why don't you draw nigh to God? He'll draw nigh to thee. Oh, how we need His presence. How we need His power. Man is missing. Still farther to go, still more to do. There's a generation that needs us to be prayer warriors. There's a generation that needs us to keep these altars warm. 